0: So today our, our message title, uh, our, we have a series called Life Shared, but today's message title is Join His Heart. Now here's the deal, I tried to make this message as short as possible because we have the kids with us today, and it's a holiday weekend, so like, you've got two strikes against me already. But uh, uh, as I'm looking at my notes, uh, we're, we may be in trouble. Okay, so let's just keep it on going. So uh, my my heart's cry today is that we would just hear this message of join his heart, that it would become a, a part of who we are, a part of our own mission, a part of our own vision for our own lives, as well as our church. Uh, May we always join his heart. Don't you want to be doing the things that God wants you to be doing? We don't want to be doing the things that he doesn't care about, he's not interested in, the things that he doesn't uh, invest his own time, efforts, and energy into. Uh, At the beginning of this year, we declared that this year would be the year of harvest. I don't know if you remember that, but that's our theme for this year. And I'm going to be talking more about that uh, in this fall, this harvest season uh, in the coming weeks and months. But we've seen many uh, people come to Christ this year. We've broken some of our missions, uh, giving records, and God has radically provided financially for this church, for this house. That's what's already happened this year in a year of harvest. Um, Bridget reminds me regularly that the year of harvest is not just about souls, but it's about so much more in God's kingdom So this fall, I believe that seeds... Uh, that have been sown are going to bear fruit. Something that you've sown a long time ago is going to bear fruit in this season. I've been observing the momentum that's leading into Alpha coming up in a couple weeks weeks and our fall program's kicking off. Our prayer, two weeks of prayer that starts one week tomorrow at 7 (laughs) a.m. Make sure you're here because I may sleep in, you never know. But I just want to, I'm encouraged by all these things, by people reaching out to our church, by people reaching out to you, About how they can get involved in programs at our church. I think of young people and older people, soft or hard hearted people. They have been reaching out to us and we must respond with a grateful heart. That's how we're to respond. You see, our obedience leads to God's richest blessings. Did you know that? Our obedience leads to God's richest blessings. Uh, Romans 5.19 says this, So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. We are that scripture today. We are that one person's obedience. God is asking each one of us to just be obedient and it will be, it will uh, make many people righteous in our, in our path, in our path of obedience. We just need to be obedient. I think you're getting the, 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 the word there. Uh, John 4 verse 35 says this, uh, this was our scripture for the year, for the year of the harvest. It says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white harvest. John 4 verse 35. That's our uh, declaration this year. I believe that with the power of the Holy Spirit upon us, God can do incredible things. Wouldn't you agree with me that God can do incredible things when the Holy Spirit's upon us? You see, you have been anointed for the work of the ministry. Did you know that? You and I, uh, but I'm speaking to you right now, have been anointed for the work of the ministry you see i'm sure this church has had pastors who are good at loving the congregation taking care of uh congregational members maybe some who were good at building things uh, good at running programs good preachers uh, good worship leaders good cooks good hosts good uh, at evangelizing good at cutting the grass or good at shoveling the snow this church has had pastors that have been like that the list would go on of the compliments but here's the thing I'm here to declare to you today that the old has passed and that the new has come. And today, starting now, we are becoming a force who doesn't wait for the right moment, but seizes every moment to share the good news of the Lord Jesus with those around them. You see, church, we are blessed. We are highly favored. And now is the time to remove the shackles that may be holding us back and proclaim the year of the harvest in our community. Now is the time. You see, I believe that God has a plan to raise up leaders in Espanola so that we can reach uh, communities like Webwood and Massey and Whitefish and Whitefish Falls and Spanish and First Nation reserves in many, many more places across our region. It's not just about building up our house. It's about raising up God's kingdom in this region. Some of you may be skeptical of what I'm saying and you may think, pastor, you are crazy. That's weird. Nothing like that has ever happened in our town. I've lived here my whole life and, and never seen God do anything like that. Well, let me tell you today, church, now is the time. I'm not waiting for the future. I'm not waiting for, I'm not not just uh, 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 thinking about what happened in the past, staying there. I want to move forward. I want to embrace what God has for our community. You see, some of you have shared prophetic words that have been given to you or shared with you over the years. Let me tell you something. Now is the time. For that prophetic word to come true whether in our own church in in the coffee shop in the coffee shop in the church at the mall at the pharmacy at the grocery store you see we need we need to be expecting god to create moments of belonging for his people for his, the ones he loves, for those he's calling to. Next time you run into someone in the grocery store, I know this happens because sometimes you, you, I was going to say you people, but that's rude. Uh, sometimes all of you ignore me at the grocery store because I look a little different. But next time you run into someone at the grocery store, have a quick chat, offer to pray with them, give them a blessing. Church, it's our time. Now is the time. So our first point today, and I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible, is this, and it was mentioned in the video. I'm just recapping a bit of it. Jesus seeks and saves. Luke 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Here's the truth, church. God wants to seek and save the lost that are connected with us, the lost in our community. You see, God's plan is for humanity to turn their lives towards God. That is his plan for our lives. Uh, One commentator wrote about this passage in Luke. He said, who Jesus wants to receive him is those lost. That's who he wants to receive him. The second thing is this. What Jesus wants with those who receive him, he wants relationship. That's what he wants for people that receive him. Where Jesus wants to go, he wants people to go to him, down to him. That's where he wants us to come. When Jesus wants you to receive him, he wants you to do it immediately and quickly. Quickly. He's not waiting for tomorrow or another chance. Why Jesus wants you to receive him. He wants uh, to be with you. And he wants to be with them. To connect with him in life. He wants all of us to connect with him in life. And finally, how Jesus wants you to receive him. Jesus wants us to receive him joyfully. That's how he wants us to receive him. You see, I've been asked a few times, Uh, something like this. Why does God let people go to hell? I've been asked that question. If you uh, spend too much time on the internet, you'll see lots of people talking about that if you search certain things. The truth is that with the knowledge of scripture, God doesn't let people go to hell. He doesn't let people go to hell. You see, it's our responsibility to tell others about Jesus, about him. You see, God leaves the choice with us. You see, he came to seek and to save the lost. His plan is for us to be saved. That's his plan for our life. That's his purpose. I don't know how everyone here came to know the Lord, but most likely it involved someone taking a step of faith on your behalf. Think about it. I remember giving my heart to the Lord during a Sunday school time. Well, it took a step of faith by a Sunday school teacher who I wouldn't remember To ask me the question, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Maybe for you, a friend invited you to church or out for lunch or something like that. Whatever it is. You see, it takes someone like us to be obedient. That's what it takes. It takes someone like us. Our second point today is this. Jesus serves and gives. Matthew 20 verse 28 says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, earlier I mentioned moments of belonging real quickly. You see, when we are obedient in our serving, people become aware that Jesus gave his life for us. When we do nothing, nothing happens. (laughs) When we do nothing, nothing happens. When you don't Clean your house. What happens? It gets dirty. It gets dirty when you don't do your dishes. They remain dirty. I found out this week they get moldy. All right, <laughs> if l- 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 long enough. When you Arlene didn't want me to tell you that. When you don't put gas in your vehicle, it becomes empty as it's used. Right. When we don't serve others, it's harder for them to see God working through us. You see, if we don't create moments for people to respond to the gospel, they may not have the chance to respond to the message of Jesus. Uh, a lot of you know that my uncle passed away a couple weeks ago. He was 52 years old, died of lung cancer. And uh, I spent some time speaking with him about the Lord in his final days as did my brother and some of my other family members. But one of the things I learned from that experience was that uh, I, it was it was, the way his life was to end was for him to reconcile himself to God at that point. But here's the deal. That's not everyone's story. And why are on earth, this is something that really bothers me. It always has, but I'm, I'm starting to articulate it a bit these days. Why on earth would we wait to tell people about the love that God has for them? And here's the deal. I remember there's this... Uh, t- I don't know. She's still alive as far as you know. She is super old. Like, she's getting record books, and she's still a missionary. She's a missionary in India, and uh, I'll tell if you want to know her name, come ask me afterwards, because you may recognize it. Anyways, I remember her preaching (laughs) in Toronto a few times, and every time she would preach, she was one of those screamers, right? Like, she just would holler as loud as possible. I don't know why, but it was When you're old, I guess you can do whatever you want, so whatever. But she would just scream and she would say, Jesus is no respecter of man. And I (laughs) I would kind of laugh. But here's the truth, church. Jesus is no respecter of man. That's the truth. And it's not that he doesn't love us and care for us, but he loves you too much to respect our arrogance towards him, our hardened hearts towards him, our rejection of him. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He just wants us to love him, to share our faith with others about him. That's what he wants from us. I know there are uh, some very real and personal examples in our culture and community where people reject the gospel message. One of the things that I've learned living in the north is that, uh, because when I lived in the south, which didn't feel like the north, but anyways, or it didn't feel like the south, it was cold still. But anyways, okay. When I lived in the south, I learned that people were always open to hear about God. I could walk down the street, uh, say God bless you in a uh, Radica's Hot and Spicy uh, restaurant, which was one of my favorites. I was thinking about it the other day, how I miss it. Anyways, but uh, it was just spicy. If you're not interested in spicy, you won't care. Okay. But uh, the thing was, I could say, God bless you. Can I pray for you? Can I tell you a little bit about Jesus? And whether someone was interested in God, whether someone had a different kind of faith, maybe they were Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or agnostic or whatever, whatever they claimed to be, it didn't matter. They were still open to hearing about God because. Uh, a lot of cultures, especially folks that aren't white, and I'll just say it that way, they're open to different spiritual things, and that's just the reality. Up here, it's slightly different. Our native community, I believe, is open to spiritual things, but if you come across an old, crusty white guy in the grocery store, you, and that may be you, I don't know, I'll just close my eyes, but uh, if you come across that person and tell them, can I pray for you, can I bless you today, you may learn some new French words. It's possible. It's possible. So this is maybe a different or a unique, I should say unique, not different, a unique culture, a unique community. But here's the truth, church. People still need to hear the gospel message. And wouldn't we all in our best, most full of faith moments say, I would rather be yelled at for talking to someone about God than not sharing the good news with them, right? Right? But for the sake of those who are searching and looking for more out of life, we must not be silent. I said two weeks ago that I found something interesting about Espanola living here for a little while now. People may not be totally interested, except for all of you, may not be totally interested in coming to church on a Sunday morning. But if you ask them to come to church on a Tuesday evening or Saturday or a Sunday night, Sometimes people, well, I don't go to church. If I ask them, hey, would you come to church with me on Sunday? No, 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 no. I would never do that. Okay, would you come with me on Sunday night? Yeah, I can do that. That's what I've noticed in our community. But So for the sake of those that need to hear the message of Christ, we must not be silent. You see, unless you are a super chatty or maybe just funny-looking person, you most likely won't get into God conversations just by sitting at the coffee shop waiting for someone to come up and ask you about God. Do you know, I, I uh, write my sermons in uh, coffee shops all across Sudbury, and I don't do it in town here because people may come and talk to me, and sometimes I don't want to talk to people. But uh, that's just the honest and truth. But uh, when I'm writing my sermons, I'll go to different coffee shops around Sudbury. I go into coffee shops where they celebrate all sorts of things (laughs) uh, politically and socially that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. And I always sit there. I'm waiting for the day when someone gets mad at me. But I just sit there, and I open my Bible, and I open my laptop with my Bible software, and I begin to write sermons. Do you know that even me in that circumstance, in a small room with an open Bible— Obviously, studying the Word of God, not one person has ever come up to ask me what I'm doing. Not one. Uh, when we were in youth, Arlene and I were challenged, and because I have a guilty conscience, I did it. Arlene probably didn't, because she was a bit of a fighter back then. But uh, I, I, we had this challenge to take your Bible to class with you. And so the guilt of God, which doesn't actually exist, came upon me, and so I would always... I went from... Uh, At first, I would accidentally forget my Bible at home. And then after a few weeks, I mustered up enough faith to put my Bible in my backpack, or pack sack is what it's called up here. Anyways, and then, uh, uh, and after that, I would muster up enough to put my Bible in my locker where no one (laughs) would see it. And then after a few months of this foolishness, I decided it's crazy. I'm going to put my Bible right on my desk right on the top and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over the class and something's going to happen and I'm going to be able to tell my youth pastor that I'm ready to go. And, Anyways, so I did all these things and you know what, you know what happened from it? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> all those months of stress and guilt and asking God for forgiveness, nothing happened. Nothing happened. But you see, if you invite someone to have a free meal with you at your church just as Jesus did, where you can relax, talk a little about God with a few other people, that's something that some people are open to. Don't ask me why. I have no idea, except for the free food part, because we all like free food. But this leads us to our final point today. I'm going to finish off here. Jesus eats and drinks. Matthew 11, verse 19 says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. The simplest takeaway is that from the scripture is that if you're found eating, drinking, uh, friends with the most corrupt and worldly people in our region, then you may be the wisest of us all. That's what it tells me. One commentator wrote this, People might criticize John, The Baptist, but look at what he did. He led thousands of people into repentance, preparing the way for the Messiah. People might criticize Jesus, but look at what he did. He taught and worked and loved and died like no one ever has. Here's another quote. Saying, there was a saying in Jesus' day, it essentially meant this. Essentially meaning that a teaching is shown to be wise, to be wise based on what it produces. A teaching is shown to be wise based on what it produces. That's the saying from Jesus' day when we think of this passage in Matthew. You see, although we read that the religious leaders of the day were not in favor of many of Christ's ways, we can see that he knew all along what he was doing. Socializing with those that religious leaders had long pushed aside is where Jesus wants us to reside. You see, Jesus never loses his persistence, principles, integrity, and most importantly, his purpose. You may say, Pastor, I can't stand the temptations of this life in order that one may be saved. I can't stand up against it. I, I would agree with you that the temptations of this life are significant, except that Scripture tells us another story, another truth. The Bible says in John 14, verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. 1 John 4, verse 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You see, church, scripture tells us that we will do greater things than Christ. I've said it so many times. I looked up this uh, scripture passage. Um, online yesterday and I noticed many preachers citing this verse this scripture as an encouragement to the body of Christ which it is but let me tell you something I'm not trying to make a statement that no one's made before but church I believe that the with the power of the Holy Spirit we are a force too great to be contained with the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. You see, it's nothing to do with you or me. It's simple. The power of Christ is at work within us. It's got nothing to do with you or me. I I don't lead people to Christ. I don't heal people. I don't don't, uh, give words of knowledge to people. I don't bless people. It's only the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that does all that. And the same goes for the rest of us. You see, when you settle into your hearts... you are from God, when that settles in our heart that we are from God, you see, we begin to walk with a greater boldness, a greater presence. Chris, if you could help me here, that'd be great. Today, I'd love for us to gather in prayer, even on this last long weekend of the summer, to celebrate and prepare for what the Lord has in store for each one of us, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be upon us to anoint us to do good works in Jesus' name. I know we've got kids here, and if your stomach's like mine, it's telling you it's hungry. But I just want to take a few moments together. And if you would, I'd love to come forward to this altar and just ask the Lord to send His Holy Spirit to to fill me with His Holy Spirit today.